guys, I want you to know I wore my best cat shirt for you guys today. That's thank you. Great and job. my a new neon green eyeliner. I really the fan. wanted to dress up for you guys. No, it was for you guys. Oh, well, that was nice. Yeah, you know, you got to support cats slash the best friends. That's true. So, what are we doing here today? What well, constable cats? Yeah, try to mansplain that beer open. <laughs> I was going to help. Um, I was trying to be helpful. Here's how you do it. Well, sweetie. You guys aren't even drinking. <laughs> so what's going on? We are here to talk about the last two episodes of Viceland's Dark Side of the Ring. Ah, uh, so this is another episode of NHP, NHP goes, goes to, to the, the movies. TV. Uh, TV. <laughs> Sits movies. on their asses. Yes. Eats cheeseburgers and watches TV. Uh, you want to tell the fans about the cheeseburgers, Cast? Today we had the Bob's Burgers famous bet it all on black garlic burgers. Black garlic uh, mayo with a little bit of sriracha. Delicious grass-fed beef <laughs> patty, organic, on top of baby spinach with some fresh mozz. Oh, what did you think? On potato roll. Uh, I, I dug it. You enjoyed uh, it. I was a fan. I think uh, I think the baby spinach should have been met with uh, veal. Oh, baby for the and burger. baby burger. Baby, baby, burger. Baby, yeah. baby. Maybe. Baby portobellas. Baby, baby, baby. Oh, maybe grind up the veal with like baby back ribs. That's another option. Yeah. Sure. Baby, 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 baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back burger. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a really good idea for the (laughs) good idea of the podcast. So write that one down. Write that down. So Uh, so what tasty adult beverage are you drinking, Constable Cast? I am drinking delicious French vanilla coffee. I'm having Dogfish Head's Super 8 Super Goes. It is a sessionable goes brewed with a bevy of heroic fruits and quinoa and pours a deep vibrant red with an ample addition of Hawaiian sea salt. Quinoa, you say? Yeah. So it's beer for crunchy granola people? Yeah, you can yeah. really... Definitely. It's the whole foods of beer. You could see Daniel Bryan for sure drinking this. this. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it can develop film as well, I hear. I mean... That's what the Super 8 in the Super 8 yeah, name is I about. assume it's, it's not really strong enough to since it's sessionable, but... Do you think that stronger beers are better at developing, developing film? film? Yeah. yeah. The more, the more alcohol, alcohol, the The higher ABV, the yeah. Are. Yeah, the more, you know... That's how science works. Yeah. yeah that, that does make some scientific Why sense. Why wouldn't it make you sense? You can bring that up on the Good Ideas podcast. Like, if, if you have, you know, maybe Dogfish Heads 120. That'll definitely. That'll definitely develop your pictures in less than 10 seconds. Yeah. This might take a day, I would say. This is only a 5.3%, so it's going to take a little longer. A little longer. Well, uh, this is the beer that actually the uh, the Ghostbusters use to process the pictures of Vigo the Carpathian. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going way back. Yeah, you, you would think that the beer... And brewery would have to be invented at the time. You would think that, but you'd be fucking wrong. wrong. Well, maybe what happened? You'd be you'd you'd be be some kind of dumbass. You'd be foolish. Heels and heaters. (laughs) Welcome to your favorite wrestling podcast. This is not your favorite wrestling podcast. This is just a tribute. Maybe Sam from Dogfish found the recipe for this in like an old vault. With his brother Dean. Yes. (laughs) His friend, the older scientist from down the street, Mm -hmm. showed him a Polaroid where he was disappearing. Uh Uh-huh. 
slapped together a, a slapdash DeLorean time machine uh-huh. and took them back. They don't home. make DeLoreans anymore, so it'd have to be a different oh, car crap. that they currently make that's also really hideous. Like I know we've talked about it before, the Outback Baja, <laughs> the Pony, the Pontiac Aztec, the Aztec, Ooh, the, the PT, PT Cruiser. Cruiser. Oh. <laughs> If you slap a juicer onto a PT Cruiser. <laughs> you can travel in time. You might be able to. I think so. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the Woody one, or can it be the non-Woody I think the Woody one? one helps you go back further in time. Interesting. You yeah. can go back to cowboy days <laughs> yes. in the PT Cruiser with wooden panels. <laughs> yeah. It, it would look perfect. Being pulled by horses, I think it would fit right in. Yeah. I think we've all learned something today. Yeah. But in, in, in this instance, would they uh, properly pronounce the 1.21 gigawatts? No. no. No, always gigawatts. For nostalgia's sake, yeah. nothing else. Plus, I don't think Zac Efron can pronounce it correct. What if in this one? Are you looking forward to the Zac Efron PT <laughs> Cruiser Back to the Future? Yeah. Kind of, because in this one, Will Smith plays Doc Brown. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love and it. And he does a remake of getting jiggy with, with it. it well of course yeah i was already pictured in my head when i said gigawatts i was like well he, <laughs> he has to be in it we're all on the same wavelength here so i feel like lots of people would be really into this yeah i mean he is this another idea perhaps for the good idea podcast i hope I think so. and plus with will smith as the genie in aladdin like he's Obviously, he's all about fixing the errors of the past. Yeah. Will he be covering all of those classic Huey Lewis songs? Well, we'd have to get another very commercial type band to be doing the covers. Perhaps a Maroon 5. Perhaps a Nickelback. So, perhaps Eminem. Eminem. When Will Smith goes back to, we're going to go back 20 years, so uh-huh. 1999, uh-huh. who does he call that's, who do, who replaces uh, Marvin Gaye in the... Well, uh, what the phone call I call my cousin Marvin. Well, the, this, the phone call would be... I called my doctor, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that new beat you were looking for? Fred, it's your cousin, Sam. Sam Durst. <laughs> Remember that new sound you were looking for? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> and Zach Efron invented uh, rap metal. Rap metal. He's cocking his head to the side like a dog. Red baseball cap backwards. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrendous. Will this Smith sounds is perfect for the Will good Smith idea podcast. Holds up the rap part of it. Zach Efron does the metal part, and then oh. Sam Durst is Sam on the Durst side holding the phone, <laughs> holding the phone up. <laughs> yeah. Holding up his bag phone. Yes. (laughs) Wow. It's one of those Nokia brick ones. He was in the middle of playing Snake and he heard the music. (laughs) And he just had to call his cousin Fred. Remember how you wanted to ruin metal and rap? (laughs) Well, listen to this. (laughs) Fred, remember when you said not enough people hate you? Well, listen to this. <laughs> All right. So uh, the ba- song playing at Fred Durst's trailer when he got the phone call was, of course, George Michael's faith, <laughs> and that's oh. it started the whole oh. thing. Oh, so it's so, so is Zach he- Efron playing the new metal version of Faith? No, when- no, no. When no, he's Sam playing. He's Durst. playing Nookie. Fred at his house is listening to George Michael, and just, that's just showing where that eventually he's going to circle back from. To. Yeah. Well, this is great. When this is wonderful. Yeah. Maybe when Zach goes back to the future in current time, he's got the oldie station on and the biscuits. Faith is playing. Yeah. He calls that shame on you, Zach Efron. <laughs> yeah. Shame, shame, or shame on you, Zach Efron. 
or picture this instead of Marvin Barry. Okay. All right. It is guy calls up his cousin. He's like, hey, Smash Mouth guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's your cousin. Cousin of Smash Mouth guy. (laughs) (laughs) As All Star is playing in the background. Why, why did they invent so Smash Mouth stole all stars from Smash Mouth? From Zach Efron, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> pretty incredible. And then they became the Shrek band. <laughs> I it makes it a predestination paradox. Yeah, I feel like it has to be they he can't they can't be listening to their own song. Well, they have to be. That's what happened with uh, Chuck Berry. Well, we'd get stuck in such a loop. Imagine what? Imagine the loop. Though. Maybe if the we Chuck- add in Mike Myers is uh, the Christopher Lloyd part. It gets even more confusing. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe the Chuck Berry loop from the original is what caused the shit way in the future to go wrong, and it wasn't actually. <laughs> What's the matter, Doc? Am I an <laughs> asshole? <laughs> it wasn't actually this. No, it's your movies. <laughs> well. Let's save the rest of this for, for another podcast, for, the, for a different podcast. Uh-huh. But listeners, keep an ear out for, for, for the good <laughs> idea the special. For we fix the Back movies. To the future, good idea special. And we leave our phones on. <laughs> All right. Fucking so, amateur hour. Uh, it's a train wreck. So, Constable Cast, <laughs> we watched two more episodes of Viceland's Dark Side of the Ring, the mysterious death. Of gorgeous Gino mm-hmm. and the life and times of the fabulous, fabulous Mula. What did you think? Did you I, know either of these stories? I knew the fabulous Mula story. I didn't know the gorgeous Gino story. I was very happy that they weren't quite as dark as the last two that we watched. That's true. Where there's I, still death and horribleness. There's still but death and horribleness, but it's I'm not nothing... everyone an entire family. Yes, it's not <laughs> these somehow unsolved murder. <laughs> Like when there was still for it was 1980, it was practically 1990, and they never caught the people that they knew killed Bruiser Brody. They oh, knew who yes. did it, and uh, and then also the whole family right. that killed themselves. Yes, and nothing. I think in the whole in any. I think even if they did another series of the Dark Side of the Ring, nothing is going to be as dark as watching those two back to back. Maybe they should have like they should have spaced those out, spread these out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The mystery of Vince McMahon's disappearing housekeepers. <laughs> what dun, is that dun, a thing? Is dun, that a conspiracy? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, they, they after like two or three months of like pregnancy, they just kind of stop oh, showing up. Shit. Yeah, there's just a new one. I do want to see that. I like, wanna, we actually, maybe we become investigators and maybe. we get to the bottom of this. I heard that Vince's that, victims unit. Yeah. That Vince goes around to uh, Quinceañeras. Really? Uh, yeah. And basically, oh, the, yeah, it's a day she becomes a woman and my housekeeper. Oh, holy shit. That is. Yeah. That's fucked up. That is really not fucked. Great. No. Vince here. So that, and then they disappear shortly after. Damn. We somebody, well, if not us, somebody. Dark side of yeah. yeah. Viceland. Hopefully, you can follow up on that. Hopefully, one. you can hire but for us. Now, let's <laughs> let's stick to. Uh, let's start with the uh, gorgeous Gino. Mike, I forgot to ask. Did you know anything about Gorgeous Gino or uh, the Fabulous Mula? Nothing. Uh, Wendy about Richter. either. What's that? Wendy Richter? Oh, they said Andy Richter. I was like, oh, yeah, he did controls you, the universe. Do you know anything about Andy Richter? <laughs> Wendy Richter, Andy Richter's mom. <laughs> that That's that part I knew. I, I there is, is a strong incorrect. resemblance. I think that is incorrect. I th- no, I think you're fucking wrong. Uh, 
All right. Uh, yeah, I knew nothing about nothing about either thing. Uh, other than uh, a couple weeks ago when we said, "Hey, we're going to be watching the uh, the fabulous Moolah episode." <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Dark Side of the Ring. They didn't say it in the doc, but Andy Richter is the son of Wendy Richter and Captain Lou. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, so we- <laughs> uh, you can see it, right? It so why don't looks we start? Just like with, well, why don't we start with gorgeous? Gino? But Captain Lou never signed the birth certificate. No, so. never. So it's it's not legally a son. Yeah. He's the bastard son of Captain Lou. Lou. We're, we're, let's slap a quick alleged on all of <laughs> this whole episode. In fact, I'm going to allege that everything that's horrible that's said is said by Mike. That I am not involved with his rampant accusations against Vince McMahon and <laughs> the late Captain Lou Albano. And everything I say is gold, right? It's yeah. truth. It's golden truth. Um, and, and I'm Rob is allege do- that I'm not involved with. Rob is saying all this while doing the Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not involved with either of you. <laughs> Ever, 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 ever again. Uh, so go ahead, gorgeous Gino. Gorgeous Gino, Gino Hernandez. He lived the fucking gimmick. Of course, they all did. And then, real big at the top, was it murder? Question mark. Because that's <laughs> how this doc started out. They tell you right away he died, and people don't know if it was an OD, if he was murdered, if perhaps he faked his own death. Uh, so. Someone had a gun to his head saying, do that cocaine. Yeah. Without revealing too much of yeah, the we're gonna story. Yeah, that's just a Why don't we just take a bet here? Uh-huh. Well, who thinks, what, what, what do each of us think happened? I think it was murder for sure. Murder for sure. Yeah. Witness protection. Witness protection. Okay. Yeah, fake death. So, yes. And you? Oh, yeah, he accidentally over- overdosed. Not on what, away. though? He barely did any drugs. Why don't we hear <laughs> you more of the it. story? We'll get into Why it. We'll get into the story. Why don't we go ahead? Yeah. <laughs> So he was apparently mean, both in the ring and not in the ring. Rude as hell. Um, he always looked like money. Somebody said he loved fancy suits. He looked like money, so watches. he didn't know how much money he looked like. Yeah, yeah. he wore he, men's rings. Yeah, looked like uh, Sylvester Stallone when right. Rocky after got money. He, after Rocky gets money, <laughs> yeah, you know, driving around a horrible Camaro. Oh. <laughs> The, in the uh, doc, they showed him and uh, his tag team partner in like a red T top Corvette. Mm. Yes, yeah, speeding uh, speeding away from an interview. Yeah, in sunglasses at night, looking like the <laughs> coolest shit in the eighties. With that feathered Rocky hair, they had God. It all. The hair was gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, he dated Farrah Fawcett. That's how gorgeous he was. I, he really was gorgeous Gino. He was good on the mic. People said he was as good as or better than Ric Flair. Could have been in WWE. Could have been. Yeah. They were saying he was right up there with like the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's true. Bruce Pritchard showed up again. He was so jealous of Gino. He said <laughs> jealous of his whole thing. So Gino's mom was an ex-model. His dad was Louis Hernandez, who was also a wrestler. Stepfather. Stepfather. Oh, stepfather. Yeah. Who also died young. He died when Gino was 12. Gino got married very young himself. He had a kid at 18. Working out apparently consumed his life. Per his wife. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Working out and snorting cereal bowls full well, of cocaine. Well, this is pre-cereal bowls. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pre-cereal bowls. He just lived yeah. the gimmick. This back when he said a pinch bowl. His wife was like, yeah, he lived that gimmick in and out of the ring and then got really sad looking. So I'm assuming abuse. <laughs> I'm assuming abuse in every story from this series. Well, we'll allege that. We'll slap an yeah. alleged on there because she did not say that he abused She didn't her. say it, but she had that far away look to her eyes mm-hmm. that 
she was remembered. Elbow drops were part of foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> he was into, as he said, fast cars and faster women. That's, yeah, That is not great, Gino. <laughs> no. You are married. You're married. So either you're loudly announcing that you like oh, you women that are not your, your wife you or tell. that your wife is fast. <laughs> that he slept with so many chicks. There was, and like, at one point, they don't say that him and the wife got divorced, but they, they oh, they did. Yeah. I was going to say, they just kept talking about his condo. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so that divorce went through pretty quick. And uh, so he had a tag team with Chris Adams, who was an alcoholic. Uh, as they stated, that was the only thing they said about him. Yeah. Um, they were he was a really nice guy, unless alcohol was <laughs> yeah. involved. I, I feel like we hear that far too often, too often. in reference to wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. He was I really mean, nice, except when he was high on cocaine. I feel like, I don't know what people say about me being an alcoholic, but I feel like I get nicer when I drink, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm usually Great job, constable I'm usually mean, and then the alcohol makes me nice. Yeah, allegedly. So it's the opposite. Allegedly. Yeah. So they were the dynamic duo. They had a hair famous hair match against uh, Kevin and Carrie Von Eric. And they lost and had to shave their heads. And they had video of the head shaving. And I wish that they would do more hair matches because it's the most ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. I want to see AJ Styles and Yes, I want to see AJ lose his hair so bad. <laughs> if anything, that's who I want to see. I don't know who else, but definitely, but definitely AJ. Nobody else's hair is as gorgeous. It wouldn't be, be much yeah, of a loss. I just want to see them like shave the crown area. <laughs> Well, I think like when they start, they always do start at the top because yeah. it makes for better TV. Yeah. But so. I want to see him shave the full head. I want him to have like that Pierre Robert like skullet. Sc- I uh, yeah. Maybe we just keep tweeting this yeah. to Triple H and Vince. Yeah. Well, actually, Triple H wouldn't go for it. But I feel like Vince, if he saw the tweets, if it somehow managed to get from his assistant to him that people were requesting an AJ Styles hair match AJ over versus and over. Dolph. Uh, actually, I not think... Dolph, my precious blonde girl. Well, no, I mean it's it's rigged, obviously. Yeah, that's true. Hair versus hair and hair versus masks are such a classic part of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I do think that a uh... I think, think Triple H. Like it too, I yeah. feel like Triple H tries to get away from all the stuff that Vince wants to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, in not that he doesn't like it, but in that he doesn't want Vince to have any ideas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I know what I mean? Possible. Like, when you have like a contentious relationship with somebody that's kind of on the same level with you, but kind of also your boss, mm-hmm. and you think that your ideas are better and his are shit. So even if he has a good idea, you talk uh, it down. You know what I mean? I feel like that's their that's their dynamic. Yeah, their dynamic too. Their dynamic too. <laughs> so. At one point, um, they talk about this Houston nightclub called Judges. I don't know where that name comes from. I'm really interested to know. It's named after a Judge Reinhold. Never say never in wrestling. So then they say, Gino did drugs. It was no secret. He did not try to hide it. This is when the bowls of cocaine come out. I think my favorite part (laughs) of this segment was... When uh, Jake the Snake was doing his interview and they said, how do you know that Gino did drugs? Because I did drugs with him. (laughs) Thank you, Jake (laughs) Can you just list all the people that you did drugs with, please and thank you? So then he's dosing girls with acid. I don't no, know. Just his manager slash yeah. neighbor. Slash girlfriend. Fuck buddy. I'm gonna put this out there. If anybody ever hands you a small piece of blotter paper <laughs> and, and says put, put this on your, on your tongue, tongue uh, I'm going to go with that doesn't count as getting dosed. Maybe he was just really into <laughs> stamp collecting <laughs> and it was just a stamp. I guess that's possible. Yeah. It was in the 80s when you still had to lick them. So. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't ask her to hand it back. So. 
Maybe he did. There's a flaw Maybe in that she logic. just left that point part out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. I got so ever... high off the glue, I forgot to put it on the envelope. <laughs> if anybody ever tells you, eat this sugar cube, don't eat it. Oh, but sugar unless cubes you want are to be high. so good, though. They're so good. He rented hotel suites for, like, week-long drug binges. <laughs> when did you have time to wrestle? It must have been, like, four days of drug binge, then one night wrestle. of wrestling. Then home for a day and then back to the drug binge is what I assume his life was like. He uh, played with a fast and dangerous crowd, including Jake the Snake. Um, (laughs) Strong, powerful city officials were there. Chris and Gino turned on each other in the ring and Gino pretended to blind Chris in the ring. And then Chris had to live the gimmick IRL like they're... (laughs) pictures of him just walking around the streets with his wife with his eyes completely bandaged over and i really want tripping over chairs yes i want wrestlers to keep doing this why can't they live the gimmick now like i don't know right why aren't they living Living the the gimmick gimmick. it's like they have families first right like oh then i'll get into professional wrestling yeah get with it so the last day that his mom saw him she remembers it was super bowl sunday he was fidgety and nervous. He was paranoid and hiding something at her house. They never reveal what the something yeah, was. Yeah, what he was hiding. I'm assuming drugs or money. Well, it was a briefcase with two little lights in it uh-huh. that when you opened it up, it it Lit. shone on your face. Yeah. yeah. And what was in there? No one ever no found one, out. No, no one found out. No, no one ever found out. It was a small, it was a small statue mm-hmm. of a falcon. Yeah. Yeah. From Malta. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> very helpful. I'll be here all week. He tells someone that he sees shady <laughs> figures and that somebody's been following him and that they popped up in the back seat of his car and he I can't remember how he said that he got the figure out of his car like I don't think that he actually does. Mm-hmm. I think he just they he, he says, they just left yeah. the car. Yeah. I thought they were going to strangle me and then they left. left. And then so he says, "I definitely need a gun." <laughs> And, <laughs> this is why I need a gun. And this this is all to Jim Cornette, correct? Well, or was it to Bruce Pritchard? I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Pritchard. Yeah. Either way, yeah, something has gone seriously wrong <laughs> in your life if you are telling either Jim Cornette or anything or Bruce Pritchard that. I need a gun because people are hiding in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. And either of those gentlemen is like, you better calm down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many bowls of Coke did you have this morning? I don't think you need a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells his neighbor slash girlfriend slash wrestling manager um, that he also goes clubbing with that he has a... <laughs> and pe- gives drugs. Too. Yeah. That he has a peach pie and asks if she wants any. And she says, No. And then he leaves with his pie. The next day, she goes outside, because I guess they, she lived in the same condo mm-hmm. complex, and she sees his car parked very askew on the street, looks inside the car. The peach pie is in the car. <laughs> but she doesn't check on him. That night, he misses a match. So the next day, somebody else is sent to his <laughs> and place. And as we know, no Von Eric ever misses, <laughs> yes. a, misses a... Oh, wait. No, wrong one, confusing. wrong one. Yeah. The next day, somebody is sent to his condo. They're uh, peering through the windows. They see a body inside. Uh, they break mm-hmm. in, obviously clean up all the drugs, and call the cops. And it turns out he had been inside dead for four days, laying on the floor. There was a gun at the scene, like, by his right hand. But they never said, like, if it was fired mm-hmm. or anything like that. Just that it was there. I'm assuming it was his paranoia gun. He was so decomposed. <laughs> That the exact cause of death was unknown. And but it was mountains of blow. Well. Uh, or 
murder. Yeah. Or <laughs> fake death. Or fake death. Yes. Except, all very distinct possibilities. Mm-hmm. Except not at all. Badly decomposed in four, four days. Four days. That's what I thought, too. When we were watching, I was like, four days does not seem like enough time. I think you'd be able to tell. It's not like he was in a river for four days. Mm. He was laying on a bed for four days. Yeah. I think you'd still be able to tell. So, yeah, I mean, you may you may start to see some murder, murder. but... Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I mean, you sure don't grow your foreskin back. No. I mean, unless you're so bloated that everything is just swelling up. Or shrinking. And distorted, yeah. But a man yes, knocks please on... please add to the conspiracy. <laughs> a man knocks on the door of Gino's mom's house and says he wants to discuss the funeral. And she says she doesn't know him that well. A very normal thing to happen. Yeah. Doesn't know him that well, but she knew that Gino hung out with him, so she invited him in. And he said, you know, Gino owed me a lot of money, but it's okay. I'm going to pay for the funeral. And she took that as a threat, as you probably should. Should we really go over what she took as a threat? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if she described a threat or just something very confusing. Yeah. Because he said, Gino owed me a lot of money. Uh-huh. Instead of you paying me that money, I'm going to pay for Gino's funeral. I'm not sure where the threat is. Well, I feel the threat is in how you say, you know, Gino mm. owed me a lot of money. I feel like... Like she said, like, he got in, in really close yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. Really close. Like, his lips were kissing her cheek <laughs> when he said it. I know it Gino, was you, Gino's yes. mom. Gino <laughs> owed me... broke my heart. Gino owed me a lot of money. You know, Gino owed me a lot of money. But you know what? I'm going to cut you a special deal. I'm going to pay for the funeral. How about that? Sounds great. Gino's friend. <laughs> you, get, you, get the, you get the dead kid discount. Oh, sounds great, Gino's and you know friend. I'm only going to tack on half the cost of the funeral to the debt he owed me, and you owe it now. Oh, my goodness. That's, Poor Gino's That's mom. what happened. Okay. Yeah. Well, now it's very frightening. It would only be more ominous if he had a Bane mask on. That is true. <laughs> and what would it sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Gino owed me a lot of money. <laughs> but that is not your concern. <laughs> I will be paying for his funeral. <laughs> and <laughs> see, very threatening. Very ominous. Very threatening. <laughs> I understand it now. You get it now. <laughs> <laughs> so then, this guy. I was born in darkness. <laughs> Gino's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I I was born in a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> you merely adopted a cereal bowl of it. <laughs> <sighs> okay. And I don't know if you guys caught... Mistakes were made. <laughs> caught this? So the, the guy that... The shitty figure that paid for the funeral, he sprung for a platinum casket for Gino. <laughs> platinum. I, I suspect uh-huh. that this was the, the recollection of a wrestler who perhaps D- was does high? not know what platinum is. <laughs> it was actually just a foil casket shaped like a swan. It was just wrapped up like a baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't, I don't frequent a lot of, of funerals, uh-huh. but this one featured... 
champagne toast a and champagne then toast, smashing the glasses. Smashing the glasses. And a, a brief period where anyone could stand and speak, this including is, the mobsters that you used to know. This is the type of funeral that I want to go to. <laughs> I avoid, I never go to funerals. I hate right. them. It's just so boring. But you want mobsters, it's, But cigars, I would love to go cocaine. to this type of funeral. I want to be smashing glasses. I want to get up and be able to say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And people don't care. I want everyone to be dressed to the fucking nines. <laughs> because as Gino's mom said, she dressed like a movie star because that's what Gino would have wanted. So I'm picturing a giant feathery hat. The long black veil, I'm tight, skin-tight dress. I'm picturing, as I was through many portions of this episode, a, a scene from Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. Where, remember where they stole all the dresses and, yes. and fur coats and gave them to their wives and girlfriends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, I think Gino's mom had on for that's her mafia funeral for her son. how everyone in attendance looked. <laughs> Guys in the silvery uh, sharkskin... Uh, Suits? In silk suits. Yes. Yeah, except for their leader, it was like bare chested with like a fur lined coat. I was going to say full fur coat, no <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Very Kid Rock esque. <laughs> I get the impression, though, that the wrestlers that are at this thing are like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like a usual wrestling <laughs> no. funeral. <laughs> Ric Flair and Bru- Bruiser Brody are scared of these guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> Ric Flair is somehow underdressed. Yes. <laughs> Full robe underdressed. Pardon me, mobsters. Where Woo! do you get your robes? Woo! Uh. I feel like every funeral should also include the, instead of like shotguns, the uh-huh. eight woo salute. <laughs> every wrestler funeral. I also think that every, and not just wrestler, but everyone's funeral should include a uh, Bruiser Brody impersonation. That scene where he was running through the crowd with the sp- swinging the, the chain, chain at the crowd. Uh-huh. I want that to be going on during yeah. the eulogy. Yeah. And when while the pastor is speaking, there's a... Br- <laughs> I want a that br- to be the pastor speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, doing well, his craven the hunter with a salute is going on in the back. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, maybe that is it. Maybe and we smash just all kinds of uh, wrestling impersonators. You get a Captain <laughs> Lou impersonator. They're impersonating Captain Lou. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Um, this harkens back to the other idea that I had for a podcast where. Uh, you get a different guest on each time and they describe what they want to happen at their funeral mm-hmm. okay. or happen with their body when they die. Mm-hmm. I think we should go forward with that because what we've just described is one is of my ideal funerals. <laughs> one of. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's in your will prepared by a lawyer, then it has to be done. It has to be done. Yeah. It has to be done. It has to be done by law. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, so a group of men at the funeral had paid for the whole expensive thing. Uh, and then it gets into um, you find out Gino was maybe an enforcer but definitely running with big time drug dealers possibly cartel they don't really specify definitely traffickers um, by the name one of them's name is John Royal who was a drug dealer he was in prison for like 30 years for trafficking he was at the funeral he bankrolled the whole thing 
He's the one that gave the crazy eulogy. Yes. Uh, and then they get into saying Gino took frequent trips to Houston. He gambled a lot. He had a lot of gambling debt. He was a drug addict, blah, blah, blah. Then was it murder? This is when the theories start rolling in. All the rumors. People are blaming it on his ex-tag team partner who was fake blinded because they thought that he was really blinded. <laughs> because I think it's like wrestling fans you. calling in like tip lines. Yes. By hairspray. By hairspray. That's not how hairspray. That's well, not how any of this worked. This was. Pre- I mean, I'm not a big John Waters fan, <laughs> but... <laughs> This but was it pre- doesn't blind you. No, yeah. Pre when they took out the CFCs, though, right? That's true. So yeah. we, we don't know, because we've only really had it. Honestly, I'm pretty sure that if uh, if Aquanet could blind you, uh-huh. then every woman in the 80s would have been blind. True. I, that's why I'm blind right now. That's, is that it? Yeah. yeah. Because you sprayed Aquanet into your Directly eyes. Directly into my eyes as a child. Yeah. I, okay. s- I saw it. And you're blind now. Yeah, I saw it on a wrestling show once, and I had to try it. <laughs> Even though they have that, they flash that screen at the beginning that says, don't try this at yeah. home. I mean, that's just begging kids. Please try this. Please try this at <laughs> If home. you can find spray any of this stuff in your, your house, try it. So Jump off the backyard fence. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> so nobody from <laughs> Gino's family got to go to his apartment, apparently. Okay. Um, after he died, nobody got a real good look at it. But the mom is determined to find his killer. She's been determined for 30 years. Then they say, you know... He was so paranoid, he always locked his doors, he had deadbolts, and that night, the deadbolts were not locked. Uh-oh. And, uh... Which they, has nothing to do with the bowls of cocaine that he <laughs> the was The autopsy showed that he had five times the amount of cocaine in his system that could kill a man. The amount he had could kill a full-grown elephant. I think that might have been hyperbole, it but might go have ahead. Been, it might have been. But the autopsy described his body and said he was obese, Hispanic, and uncircumcised, none of which he was. So then we get into the his wife thinks, you know, maybe he faked his death because one time they watched a sitcom about a guy that faked his death and maybe he got some ideas. But Mike, you had an interesting theory that maybe it was witness protection. Maybe. I mean, you swap out the body, say, oh, yeah, it's too badly decomposed Mm -hmm. to to find a real cause of death. Let's just pack this guy full of blow. Mm -hmm. I think uh, any of this is possible, really. Mm. All definitely. We don't know, and we never really will. um, Except that we do know. He OD'd. That was I don't, it. I don't know. He, he was not murdered. He even, did not escape into witness protection. Even Jake the Snake says, you know, it could have been murder. Maybe it could have been murder. I don't know. Yes. Jake the Snake, who notoriously has never done tons and tons of drugs, including smoking crack cocaine on camera, says that it may have been a murder. Could have been a murder. May have been. Could have been. Thank you, Jake. So... Was that was that in a match like a TLC tables ladders crack? <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it with it was Jeff, him and Jeff Hardy? Uh, <laughs> it was a time limit draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is when they describe these cereal bowls full of cocaine in his house. Uh, he's super paranoid. Uh, I said Ray Liotta from the end of Goodfellas. <laughs> he's running around with a gun in his hand. He's um, running water in his house constantly to cover any noises and perfectly logical yeah. good idea his neighbor girlfriend I, mean, I do the same thing if i had bad poops yeah. yeah i mean that only makes sense he tells his brother that he has to stir the sauce constantly but yeah. when he comes back the brother had stopped no. stirring the he sauce stopped. it's burned it's gonna burn the what pot. the fuck what the fuck i know 
spend all day on that fucking gravy for that. Jake the Snake uh, says he did massive amounts of coke with Gino. And then they say Rick cleaned up his apartment. And I said, Flair? Again? It has to be. What other Rick could there be? There was no other Rick in the story. (laughs) Rick Flair... Cleaner Running of apartments. Around, yeah. Cleaning every, every <laughs> that, apartment. That's, that's why he's still on the payroll. Yeah. He's a cleaner. He's a cleaner. He knows where the bodies are buried. Do you think that movie, The Cleaner, was originally the Ric Flair story? I think they it was. But like, it. God, how do we, how do we make sense. it not so obvious? Yeah. Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I really want, I know he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you know he's still alive. But I want some dirt behind the scenes, behind the ring or whatever it's called on Ric Flair. I need Ric Flair juicy details. You know he has so many secrets. Does he have a tell-all? I don't know. I've never looked, but... He wrote a he wrote a he did. autobiography. I bet that it doesn't ago. give everything away, though. He's from that generation that hides so much shit. Yeah. You want a juicy tell-all, though. You a know he's got tell-all. some secrets. Char- Charlotte's boobs filled with cocaine. What? Oh, my goodness. Even the new ones? Actually, the new ones are heroin. Wow. Whoa. That is quite Allegedly. the job. Yeah. Damn. Uh, so the producers contacted, producers of the doc contacted- uh, Johnny Royal. John Royal did 30 years for trafficking, and he admits on the phone to paying for the funeral, but says uh, Gino didn't owe him money, and he didn't do anything to Gino. Just outright says it without being asked. Very shady. He says he was with Gino at the club till 1 a.m. the night of his death. But then Gino went home. Nothing suspicious happened with them. And then they get an anonymous former drug trafficker who says that Gino was a trafficker as well. Then John Royal says, maybe I should have had an intervention for Gino. Um, Both swear it was um, an OD and not murder and uh, not foul play by either of them. And his family just wants you to remember him for the person he was. (laughs) (laughs) A, a guy with a railing monster. <laughs> yes. Huh. A guy with a bowl a day coke habit. Yeah. Okay. And that was pretty much the yeah. end of it. So it ends with his mom listening to the anonymous person's <laughs> description that it, no foul play was involved. And she says she believes it, but there's no way she believes it. A 30 years that you're paranoid Constable. that your child Constable. was murdered. You don't just let it go. Constable, there was no murder. There People was that- murder. I will only speak on condition of anonymity. <laughs> but I swear it was an overdose 30 years ago. No one is guilty. <laughs> But I will not identify myself. Right? Why is he not saying who he is? It's so suspicious. Please believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you, not being. Anonymous person. (laughs) Anonymous supervillain. Born into darkness. (laughs) Yeah, that was the whole thing. I can't believe you don't believe that it was murder. He was too badly decomposed <laughs> to see his broken back. <laughs> the autopsy missed the broken in half spine. <laughs> well, when you have snorted all the cocaine, you have my permission to die. <laughs> Uh, well, that might explain it because if now it makes if a lot of Gino's sense. goal was to snort all the cocaine in the world, he might 
have possibly thought he succeeded. <laughs> so he turned on every sink in his house and <laughs> ran around with a gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'll never stop believing that it was, what's his name? That's what Journeys Don't Stop Believing was about. <laughs> <laughs> They they wrote the song about about gorgeous Gino. Yeah, yeah I would believe it. Just a city boy <laughs> trying <laughs> to snort all the coke. <laughs> <laughs> took the midnight rail going anywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> well, Gino. <laughs> R.I.P. And rest in peace. <laughs> We've learned nothing. Absolutely nothing. We've helped. We've learned nothing, and we've helped no one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Nuclear it, heat. <laughs> if you or anyone you know is having a drug problem, please get help. Don't reach out to us. Reach out to someone else it's that can true. actually be helpful. If somebody with bowls full of cocaine reached out to me, I'd... <laughs> yeah, you'd be of no help. No. Uh, how many bowls? So, so uh, bowls, right you over. say. <laughs> This is an intervention. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pack these up in some styrofoam, some Tupperware to go. <laughs> Platinum casket. Platinum casket. Uh, oh yeah, closed casket funeral. Mm-hmm. That's so you That's didn't one. see that it wasn't him. That's what it was. That's... It was, it was Hornswoggle in there. Oh, oh no, no, no. not Hornswoggle. Poor Hornswoggle. All right. So that uh, that I guess is the end of the uh, the mysterious death of gorgeous Gino. Yeah, we've learned nothing. So let's learn <laughs> nothing about the uh, fabulous Moolah. All right, let's do this. And we're ready to talk about the life and times of the fabulous Moolah. The final episode of the Dark Side of the Ring by for now. Series. For now. For now. For now. Hopefully. I predict there'll be more episodes. I truly and sincerely hope so. W- yeah. What has the buzz been like this? Like outside of this room oh i i have no interaction with other humans so i don't really about know. the vice land series or yeah. about our series no the vice land series, vice land series uh, people love us it's <laughs> their highest rated thing ever so i'm huh. pretty sure they're gonna do another season i think and apparently they did like three episodes three three seasons of bong appetit with that really annoying dude mm, delicious so they'll do anything uh, we tried a couple episodes of that bong appetit because <laughs> they advertise it constantly yeah it's it is horrible it is a horrendous show (laughs) you're crazy no you didn't like it either i loved it the guy who seems like a really more annoying aziz anzari which i mean if you had told me before we watched it i would have said not humanly possible not humanly more (laughs) annoying than aziz anzari well you know what non-sexual not sexually harassing you yeah he's not trying to shove fingers in your mouth Mm -hmm. on a date who doesn't want that? Prudes. Apparently, there's at least one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Speaking of horrible sexual assault, did allegedly. It's all about the segues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that sequitur. That wasn't a non sequitur. It was a sequitur. We... Yeah. Was, is it segway? But yeah, yeah, sequitur. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sequins. Okay. The brain waves are starting to overlap on this side of the room. I, you are fucked, wow. sir. It is, it is bad news for everyone. Hey. <laughs> the fabulous Moolah has hired a train to be run on you. It's horrible news for the listeners as well. Since uh, the fabulous Moolah 
it was a lady. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll send it over to you, Constable Cass, fellow lady. Yes, also fellow lady. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the fabulous Moolah? Well, she was a women's wrestler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was manipulative, jealous, and a thief. They okay. get right into that in the first <laughs> <A> minute. <laughs> yes. Chalk that right up to yeah. just being a woman. Women be shopping, yes. right? Yeah, and stealing. And stealing. <laughs> women be stealing. Uh, she we, Women be shopping with other people's money. And they didn't mention this, but I, for one, think she had the craziest eyebrows in the business. <laughs> I can't look at her. Those I, eyebrows I, were fierce. They're crazy. I want those. I think what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to block Are out my eyebrows. Are you going to stylize your makeup? To, to look, look like, like the, the fabulous, fabulous Moolah, and I'll post a picture up on our Instagram. She loved flashy costumes, and she well, made them herself. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, she had one daughter who appears in the dock, mm-hmm. and we've also seen uh, a couple other female wrestlers. Uh, Bambi was one of them. There was Diamond Little, aka Katie. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in it because I think she's dead. But Princess Victory and Wendy Richter were both mm-hmm, in the dock. That's was, true. Let's see. Jim Cornette, of course, creeping his way into another series. <sighs> he was showed pictures of when he used to be a photographer for wrestling. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he somehow looked even creepier young than he does now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, ladies, let me take a picture yeah. of you, Jim Cornette. He was like, I would say it was for wrestling and ask if I could get a picture. That's exactly how he said yeah, it. That is exactly what he said. No, yes. for the magazines. Yes, for the magazines. Wow. What magazine, Jimmy? <laughs> Cornette's you Beauties. Weirdo. weirdo. So magazine that he made himself. Mm. Cornette's Coozes. <laughs> Cornette's Coos Corner. That was a little... Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But he was very disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. He is problematic. It was AF. the times. It was the times. It was, was it the times? Yeah. It was the worst of times, and it was the worst of times. <laughs> so, Moolah was the first uh, woman to wrestle Madison Square Garden. For that, it was apparently illegal building? for women to wrestle in Madison Square Garden. I don't know. I think that's what they said. Well, for a long time, women's wrestling as a whole yeah. was illegal in many states. <laughs> too sexy. Can you can you not sexy. refer to women's wrestling as a whole? <laughs> Dear God, man. Why do you think it had to be banned? Because yeah. of people like you. <laughs> it is all my fault. So, all my fault. Mula started wrestling at 15. She idolized Mildred Burke, who was a wrestler in the 30s and 40s. She was managed by Billy Wolf, um, who Mula went to to see if she could be managed by him as well. But found out that he insisted on sleeping with all of his wrestlers. And she was not about that. So not she down. passed. So her and her husband, Buddy Lee started their own wrestling promotion and just copied the other yeah, people's they, stuff, including the sleeping with all the wrestlers. <laughs> they've I mean, if it works, it works, you know? Yeah. You don't want to change it. There's some problematic things in right this episode. Right off the bat, it's, yeah. problem- it's yeah. very problematic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Mula had her own uh, style of wrestling that she perpetuated for women's wrestling for I don't know, a good 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. She was a big fan of Hair pulling and mm-hmm. whipping each eye other gouging. around, eye gouging, mm-hmm. uh, and not not sexy wrestling. Oh, yeah, sexy the kind of girl wrestling. you take home to mom. Mm-hmm. Not the not the biggest move sets. It wasn't no. the the limited storytelling that even the men wrestlers did at the time. Mula didn't like any of that. She just wanted to pull hair. Yeah, but pretty much it. I, yeah. that was all they ever. She they wanted really like a bar fight, but in the ring. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was all the history. Then they get into Moolah Battle Royale controversy. That mm. was a couple years ago yep. when yep. WWE 
tried to name the Battle Royal after, and then people were up in arms crazy because of an article that came out claiming that Mula was a pimp and she abused all the women. And then they get into the whole controversial backstory after that. So the article was about Sweet Georgia Brown, who was one of the first women's black women's wrestlers. I think she was the first. The first. Uh, her son and daughter are in the dock. They don't get into very many specifics. Right. Out of respect. It's hard yeah. to talk about your mom probably in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Other so, people's moms, no problem. Yeah. Uh, Mula controlled all of women's wrestling at one point. Buddy Lee and Mula abused uh, Sweet Georgia. They made her do drugs and drink alcohol. They wouldn't let her see her kids. And they made her uh, have sex with other promoters. So they were pimping her out. And then when Buddy Lee and Mula split half the girls went with buddy lee including sweet georgia and then we find out later that one of the kids in the dock is possibly buddy lee's kid mm-hmm. they never did a test apparently but probably most likely it's pretty likely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there was a there was strong, strong. innuendo there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so then they talk about in columbia south carolina on mula drive there is the <laughs> mula wrestling compound slash training center slash, slash prison camp prison camp <laughs> yeah it's a women's prison <laughs> a sexy 70s oh, women's prison oh. movie with wrestlers you wouldn't watch that i don't know mm-hmm. i don't think so but I, I could crazy. be wrong it, it only has two rooms it has the uh the big shared bunk room mm-hmm. and a giant shower mm. what mm. about the wrestling ring though that's outside oh. what wrestling ring <laughs> <laughs> where we can see the sexy like They're... mud wrestling oh. the shower yeah <laughs> Is it a dirt floor in the shower? Eventually. <laughs> so then that's when Trying we, to use logic. That's when we meet like Wendy Richter and uh, Princess Victory, both wrestlers, both went to train with Mula, and Princess Victory said she was warned not to go, but she went anyway. The gates on the property were locked strictly at an early time. I can't remember what they said. I think they said 10 o'clock. And if, if you were out, you were locked out forever. Mm-hmm. But Pete. 10 o'clock seems like a fair time. Except that these are all adults yeah. <laughs> who, should, who <laughs> yeah. should be allowed to come and go, oh, in fact, as, as they please. please. But but they are they're submitting themselves to this training center. They paid and three. Part of that is a curfew. They paid $300 a month each to get trained. And then Mula also got 25% of whatever they made wrestling. But she always took the checks from the promoters yeah. and said that she took 25%. Mm-hmm. Many of these women... Uh, both on this dock and elsewhere have implied that she took a far lot, more yeah. than yeah, 25%. Yeah. And also, she always took anything that she was quote-unquote owed first. So your room and board, mm-hmm. which she varied from month to the month. month. Uh, and any other, you know, fees that she decided were associated with your stay before she took her 25%. Yeah. I mean, it's only smart business yeah. on her part. Yeah. The other girl's like, that's your fault. You mm-hmm. signed papers or did a handshake deal on this. That's on you. Yeah. Well, if Mula, and this is essentially true, is the only promoter booking women's wrestling, mm-hmm. they don't have much choice. Yeah. Okay. And so they said it was hard training. It was bloody. It was pukey. They had to train for hours a day. Mula also manipulated the girls and she pitted them against each other. And Princess Victory describes when she broke her neck and broke her neck in the ring and they went back to the compound and Mula just kept making her take bumps over and over mm. again on a broken neck and then <clears throat> since she couldn't work Mula uh, set up a date for her with some uh, rich European guy and she said highly implied that you've got to make money some way if you can't wrestle my goodness yeah Mula 
Princess Victory said that she wouldn't sleep with the guy. And when she got back from the trip, Mula kicked her out and she never wrestled again. And then Mula told all the other girls that Princess Victory was in jail for dealing drugs. That's, that's not manipulative. That's no, just smart no, business again. No. You don't, you know, smart business. It's the art of the deal. Yeah. To be honest, n- now not the pimping part mm-hmm. and not the locking the gates at 10 o'clock, but a, re- a lot of the rest of the stuff that's happening at the wrestling camp sounds like a lot of wrestling camp. It does. And, and it honestly wrestling does. Promotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just reading about somebody who broke his neck in an indie wrestling ring, couldn't move around. Like, he wasn't paralyzed, but he was, like, in a ton of pain and couldn't move around. And they rolled him out of the ring Mm -hmm. and made him go get everybody's water. Like, and this was in, you know, the past five years. Like. Yeah. Was it over at CZW? No, it was not at CZW. (laughs) AEW. Yeah, it was AEW. Probably, yes. Yes. Allegedly. Cody rolled the guy right out of the ring. (laughs) Dustin said, get my water. Do some work. Yeah. Uh, And, you know. You hear about the uh, heart dungeon and stew stretching oh, God, yeah. people. You also I hear, hope they do a doc on that. Oh my God. You also hear about wrestling schools where you, you know the the face of the school is on all the posters and collects your money and then <laughs> hands you off to you know unknown people to train you. Mm-hmm. That's not none of that's unheard of. The pimping part is, yeah. pr- is pretty unusual. I mean, it's and the locking the not. gate at the ten o'clock. The part is probably not. We just don't hear about it because most wrestling schools are for men. That's true. Yeah, I bet you they pimp out a lot of the guys. It's probably. I true. mean, if you see a guy like AJ Styles with that hair, are you going to tell me you're not going to pimp him out? <laughs> He's a cash cow. <clears throat> Thank I'm, you, Constable Cass. Plus, plus, what guys are going to complain about being pimped out? Right. Because I mean, if they're pimped out, if they're pimped out to women, it's guys see that as bragging. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're pimped out to men, traditionally it seemed as a shameful thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not the kind of thing they want to talk about. So we would probably never really know if it happened, but I'm going to assume that it does happen. Yeah, you guys have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. So there you go, have it. <laughs> Moolah did nothing wrong. <laughs> I say she did nothing wrong. Okay, You're saying okay. it's not unheard of. No, okay. it's not unheard of. Okay. We're, not, yeah. we're not justifying Moolah's actions. Uh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Later in the show. More. More. Okay. Tell us more. So Wendy Richter who was Moolah's protege, had an opportunity at WWF. She leaves Moolah and takes control of her own pay because she was tired of getting scammed. And this was right around the time when Cindy Lauper and Captain Lou were real big and the so rock and wrestling this is 83, thing. 84. 84. Uh, rock and wrestling was huge on MTV. And it was the first push for women's wrestling on WWF. Mm-hmm. Moolah teamed up with Captain Lou and Wendy Richter took Cindy Lauper, I guess, as her manager. And they um, fought it out. Wendy Richter wins the championship. Moolah was the champ for 28 years and people were totally shocked. Everybody thought this was going to be a big push for real women's wrestling. And Moolah was pissed and super jealous. And of course, she can let it stand. So Wendy was complaining to Vince about not getting paid what the men get paid mm-hmm. because apparently Vince she didn't know has that always that been was a huge a piece of shit. <laughs> I heard Wendy was laying down on her back in her in her hotel room, mm-hmm. stomping her feet and complaining, and that that's when this all happened. Yeah. Oh. So Vince keeps and online shopping. Yeah. Oh, well, women be shopping, ops. Uh, Vince keeps booking matches for Wendy up against Mula, even though she doesn't want to face her over and over and over again. At one point, uh, Mula has Wendy in a Boston Crab, and she was, like, trying to break her back. She was leaning all the way into her. So 
things got serious. Uh, then Wendy was facing uh, the spider lady, whose gimmick <laughs> was that she was dressed as a spider. Usually not built like the fabulous moolah. Uh, she claims she didn't know that it was the fabulous moolah underneath the of the mask, but apparently they did a Montreal screwjob on her, oh cheated to win. Wendy lost the belt. Moolah was back with the belt. And then Vince put that one in his back pocket. I'm yeah. saving this See, one. It, it worked so well. <laughs> this, is, this was a good idea. Yeah. Wendy believes all this happened because she was asking Vince for more money and that she was really over and Moolah was really jealous. And then uh, this holds women's wrestling back for 30 years. Okay. And Wendy quits and just walks away after that match. Mm. She's done. She doesn't wrestle anymore. And she says that they were dead to her. And she hasn't watched the match since it wow. happened. Yeah. Wow. So in 1985, <laughs> Fabulous Moolah was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2000, Moolah and Mae Young were still wrestling at like 80-something 80? years yeah. old. Uh, they were teaming up during the stripper wrestling era, and they were in uh, schoolgirl outfits, and yeah, really you know, doing a lot for yeah. women's wrestling. The pizza hasn't gotten here yet, so it's just bile that's coming into my throat Yeah, at the thought of that. Yeah. People only remember the good parts of the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. They forget. 80-year-old women dressed as Sailor Moon. May mm-hmm. Young giving birth to a hand. Mm-hmm. At 80, the hand's father was apparently Mark Henry. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. So they were still holding back wrestling at 80, women's wrestling. Um, In 2007, Moolah died at 84, so she had a nice, long, pimpy life. Well, to be fair, it wasn't easy. No. No, No, it never is. (laughs) The pimping? Pimping. It ain't easy. Yeah. It ain't easy. Pimping. uh, But it's necessary. Then everybody who had already talked all this crazy shit on her were straight defending her at the end. So Princess Victory, who was talking about being pimped out earlier, said, uh, can't take away her history just because she was an asshole. And then said, you know, she's a good person, blah, 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 whatever. And Vince said, Princess Victory, I'd like you to uh, talk about Lars Sullivan for me. (laughs) (laughs) There's still arguments over whether all of this was rumors or if it actually happened. Yes. When, if there's, you know, 30 girls saying it happened, it probably happened. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's alleged. Don't think so. Well, Um, we'll slap an allegedly on this. (laughs) You can if you want, but I'm going to say it's not alleged. Not alleged. And I'll defend it to my dying day. Oh my goodness. That Fabius Mula was a huge piece of garbage I, you may be correct she doesn't seem great except for yeah. her makeup which was on point <laughs> always eyebrows on fleek always always on <clears throat> but, i can't but wait yet, to draw rest, mine in. rest in piss yeah rest in piss all right so so that's all six takeaway? episodes does anybody have any takeaways from this we've talked so much about the other ones uh, yeah. this one i felt wasn't uh, there wasn't as much to there talk about. No, there wasn't a lot of mystery. No. There wasn't a lot like of fun. I feel like this wasn't a good this one. This wasn't fun. <laughs> this wasn't a real good one to end on, you know? Then yeah. let's do this. Mm-hmm. What was everybody's favorite episode of Dark Ooh. Side of the Room? I feel like, uh, even though it was the saddest one, Bruiser Brody. Mm. I feel like that one had a more, it had the most gripping most impact, story. Yeah. yeah, the most impact. But Bruiser was a good one. I also mm-hmm. liked uh, the last of the Von, Von Erics. I was going to say there those was just two a, were the very, strongest. Very, very depressing, but there was yeah. a lot of crazy shit in mm-hmm. there. 
Yeah, no. super crazy. Everything was crazy. Yeah. I mean, gorgeous Gino also, like, it yeah. was, there wasn't much story, but. Except the mob was there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was the platinum casket, the uh, mob, the uh, bowls of cocaine. <laughs> Bane showing up. Bane showed up at one point. It was crazy. <laughs> My favorite fucking recurring carnival. character throughout the whole series is cleanup man Ric Flair. Ric Flair, <laughs> Flair happened to make it into yeah. every single story. There were yeah. six separate stories of Ric Flair in an appearance in every single if one. Anybody, <laughs> if there are drugs anywhere that need to be cleaned Please. up, that's why they call him the cleaner. Yeah, it's it. God, it's kind of like he's the the Stan Lee of like the Marvel Cinematic yes, Universe. He is. He's in every story just as a background character. Yeah. The WWE in, Cinematic Universe overinflating his role in wrestling history <laughs> and he's looked the same no matter what age he's a bit yeah just like stan lee yeah <laughs> all right so that's so the end of that's dark the side end. of the ring i hope i hope more. that there's more because yeah. there are more stories to be told so many more and there is more ridiculous shit to learn about maybe we'll just constantly tweet at viceland yes we need to make more episodes of our podcast so you need to put out more episodes of your show it's it's a collaborative effort yeah all right. We hope you enjoyed. NHP goes to the TV. Mm-hmm. Until next time, drink beer, watch wrestling. Enjoy giant cereal bowls of cocaine. Yeah. Salad bowls, if you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, got popcorn bowls. Inflation. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah. Trash. We'll see you next time. Bowl. Nuclear heat. Podcast. And for all your cleaning purposes, call Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs>